it was really a cold winter year. It, it's very suffering because every quarter we will be drilled and, and will be challenged about our business plan. And I was a diamond back then to tell the, the team it's just a timing issue. Okay, we, we hang on to our business plan and we just say, okay, things may not be happening that way. So we have to pivot a little bit. So we were trying to do something else by selling more parts to compensate for the numbers that we committed. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever, stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risks, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest Ian. Um, Ian, are you ready to rock? Yes, I am. All right. Why don't you tell us just a little bit about your background as we get started? Hi, everyone. This is Ian Ng. I'm actually originally from Malaysia. I'm currently the Nelson China CFO. In my past career, I actually spent my six years' time with uh, big four accounting firms, another 13 years with corporate finance, doing M&A and all kinds of uh, business support, business strategies, and so on. Fantastic. And that's, uh, that's what I want to highlight to some of our younger listeners who are building their career paths. I, my whole career path was as a sell-side analyst. I worked for a broker, an investment bank, and I found research ideas, and I promoted those to fund managers. But this is a very different track within the area of accounting and finance. In your case, in Ian's case, it sounds like it started with accounting, but then it built up into the finance and the CFO and that type of corporate finance, or what you would say, the finance that's within a company. And it's a totally different job, but still, all the principles of finance are pretty much the same. So take a minute, Ian, and fill in any further little tidbits about your life. Yeah, I, on my free time, I like to play sport. I like to play golf, soccer, basketball, because um, I think it's very important for us to keep ourselves healthy so that we can have, have more energy at work. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, we were talking just before the interview and uh, I was saying I was at the park this morning at 4.30, I was at the gym and then I've come back to start my work day. And for a lot of young people, they just think it's work, work, work. But the problem is, is that you burn yourself out physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and then you just don't have the capacity to add the value as you do when you're staying fit. So there's a little lesson from Ian and myself. Well, now... It's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Um, I would like to share one real story when I was with uh, GE, General Electric. I was a CFO for GE Transportation. If everyone, any one of you pay attention to GE today, it's very unfortunate that we see GE is going down slope. And if you look at the stock prices, it's crazy. They were removed from Dow Jones. The stock price is about $7 right now. When I started with G, the, the stock price was $30. Okay, because there are many wrong investments that G has made. One of it was actually coming up from my business. And I was, I was one of the key decision makers that actually causes GE to go downhill. I would like to, to share this so that everyone can be Referring to this so that you can avoid your future mistakes, please do not repeat them. Back in 2004, uh, 2014, uh, where G, I, I, I got the job from GE Transportation, working as a GE Transportation China CFO. 
So back then, GE just acquired a mining business two years before I joined. So GE acquired mining business on 2012. And 2014, I joined GE Transportation China CFO. And then I, I actually have to take on the business of mining to make sure that we expand them. If everyone pay attention to the industry uh, indexes, you should be very aware that the, the, the core prices back then was like uh, maybe about 600 per ton on 2012. And it, it dropped to about 300 tons per ton in, in 2014. But I was uh, really stubborn back then was um, I always believed that uh, in China, things will still grow rapidly back in 2014 because we have seen very, very consistent trend in terms of like how the double-digit GDP, how Chinese government throw the money to, to drive investments. So we, we always believe, right, that the China economy was still on a high rate of growth. So what we did was one of the key decisions we made was actually to brought in a product that was manufactured elsewhere in, in Australia and, and U.S. to China. We actually make a business plan and we pitch and we try to convince our global leaders and tell them that, hey, look, invest in China because this is where you, you can see growth and you, it's where you can actually invest your dream. So we brought in uh, two production lines. That, that is about 30 million investment, 30 million US dollar investment. And we bought in a lot of equipment in 2014. We set up factories in northern part of China and we hired a bunch of people, about 60 people back then. But unfortunately, in 2015, after a year of investment and setup and, and integration and so on, the operation has been set up and up and running. Unfortunately, the sales sites, the commercial site is not able to sell any single equipment because the core prices keep going down and then our, our customer and customer are stopping their capital expenditure. So they are not investing at all. There's no new coal mine being opened up. Even the old equipment that our customer is using, they keep using it. They will not renew them. So we are not seeing any single orders for 2015. It was really a cold winter year. It's very suffering because every quarter we will be drilled and, and will be challenged about our business plan. And I was a demon back then to tell the, the team it's just a timing issue. Okay, we, we hang on to our business plan and we just say, okay, things may not be happening that way. So we have to pivot a little bit. So we were trying to do something else by selling more parts to compensate for the numbers that we committed. So we give a lot of discount just to pick up the business plan. That is not doing the whole business good, you know. After we sustained for two years, right, to back until 2016, I think the global leaders has, has enough of patience and they say, stop, okay? Because we are not seeing it and we don't think we should hang on to it. So the factory was shut down and we have to lay off like 60 people. We have to sell off the equipment at the very knockdown price. You know, that, those were the things that we actually see 30 million just being pushed in, 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 in two years time. That, that was really sad, but more unfortunate will be the people that we hire because um, they literally actually wasted two years in their career because they actually invested and believed that uh, GE will bring them good. But unfortunately, this is not the real case. And true enough, even today, as we speak now, 2019, right, January, 
we are still not seeing a good coal prices today in China. And we're still not seeing the market uh, in mining industry has come back. So it, will, it seems like the winter just prolonged. Wow. So that is the worst investment that I had. Okay, that's a great detail of that story. And of course, you're ending it with the point that coal prices are still down. So those seniors who said, we've got to shut this down, probably ended up making a right decision. I think, and also another thing is it's critical to know, though we look at one little investment and say, oh, that was a loss. Well, of course, a big company's got a portfolio of billions and billions of dollars of investment. And you gotta you, you win some, you lose some. So that's particularly the case. So let, let me ask you, what lessons did you learn from this experience? Um, there are a couple of uh, personal lessons that I, I learned from this mistake is that one thing, past trend is definitely not a, a, a good, or I would say a mandatory reference, uh, because China has been on a good growth rate in the past. If you look like 15 years ago, the China government on GDP, investment, everything, all the indexes seem so good. So past trend is not a good reference at times, right? So this is a very keynote to everyone. Yes, a lot of time when we are uncertain about the future, we tend to look at past trend, right? To give us some comfort and confidence that things will repeat the same. But things in, in today's world is not the, the case, right? So this is one of it. The second piece is that Sometimes it's not good to be stubborn. We get to pivot ourselves. We get to accept the fact and we have to really uh, work harder to, to, to understand. My lesson back then was we relied too much on our commercial team and, and uh, we did not really walk to our customer ourselves to understand whether is this really the case and we have to prove all the assumptions that we make in our business plan. So being hands-on and also not being stubborn is really the, the second key lesson learned that I have. So we, we got to be <laughs> agile a little bit in, in, in many cases, and, and especially in today's world, it's ever-changing, right? So we have to really pay attention to uh, ourselves, right? We have to do a lot of self-reflection all the yep. time. Yep, those are some great lessons. And um, I'm gonna, now what I'll do is I'll summarize a few of my takeaways. I was interviewing someone yesterday and she said something that I, I, I recall and it, it applies to this. She said, strong companies may die slowly. And she was just talking about as an investor, sometimes you think because it's strong, I can keep investing in it, it'll be okay. But actually it could just be on a, it can prolong the downtrend because it has cash or whatever or brand, but it still dies. And so that was a very interesting. And I think about the struggle that GE you know, is facing right now. There's a couple of things that, that kind of come through to me, but one of them is it's, it's interesting that it, in some ways, when you think about investing in stocks and the stock market, my area of expertise, you know, in some ways it doesn't apply at all in corporate finance and in business, but in other ways it does. And that is don't fight the price. You know, we often say the trend is your friend or, you know, understand the direction that a price is going. And, you know, no matter how great of a business person that you are, it is extremely difficult to build a successful business in an industry where the price is falling and falling significantly. And so I think that's one of my lessons I take from that is, you know, pay a lot of attention to the price of your final product. Um, the second part, you, when, when you talked about it, you talked about you got information from the commercial department 
right? And I, I think what, what that means in the way we would think about that, I guess, is the sales sales team, like we can sell this, you know, we, there's demand for this. One of the lessons that I would take from that is, and, and I've, I've always felt this is that, you know, salespeople are naturally optimistic and you have to be very careful about taking their word for it because that, you know, part of what makes them great is that they're optimistic and they go out and fight against rejection. But I think that what the lesson I learned from this is when you are making a decision, this type of investment decision, it's critical to go out and meet the potential customers and try to verify at least a bit that there truly is demand. In other words, don't totally trust what the sales team says. So those are my takeaways. Did I miss anything? Yeah, you're absolutely right. One thing though that we, we actually still believe our sales guy because there are many tender beats, you know, there are still tenders around, but we just didn't win them. Some of them are fake, to be honest, because I think uh, some of the customers just want to keep us warm to make sure that we don't re really get up from the market. So they, they still want our support. So they just give, they just hold some tender beats that are not true. You know, they, they mm. eventually did not reward anyone. On, on certain deals. So, uh, but we are, we are relying too much on those documents to believe that uh, this is still happening. And then, and therefore we did not go out to our client by ourselves to learn what is the true story behind the scene. Okay, fantastic. All right, so let's move on. Based on what you've learned from this story and what you continue to learn in your job, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? So let's go to a person who is about to make an investment and propose that investment to the board or to the company, and they feel very excited about that investment. Very simple word for me is to make more friends. Because um, once you have more friends in the markets, you tend to learn more about other industries, and you will learn more about what are the implications from one industry to another. So uh, make more friends, which I have done it now. I can actually verify what my sales team is telling me right now because very easily I can reach out to my friend and they will be my customers on the other hand. That will be my advice to everyone. Make more friends, you'll learn more. Fan. So expand your network. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, I think that's great. And as, as we often hear, your network is your net worth. And when your network can help you make better decisions, well, that's truly valuable. So last question, what's your number one goal for the next 12 months? My number one goal right now is to really uh, survive through uh, in, in China because um, Nelson has, has been a market research company for about 95 years. Uh, right now, it's really big data era. So uh, for traditional companies like this, every company, every traditional companies are going through some transformation. All right, let's wrap up from that point. And I'm going to say to the listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. As we wrap up, Ian, thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. Do you have any parting words for the audience? I'll just say stay connected. This is a cool stuff. So thank you very much, Andrew, for sharing my experience. I hope people do not repeat the mistakes. Amen. Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our well fellow risk takers. I'll see you on the upside.